Greetings, my fellow sojourners and wayfarers on this road of life. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Today's chapter a day comes from Exodus, the 34th chapter, and I pulled out the 30th verse, which says this, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Today's post is entitled, Positively Horny with Light. (laughs) Bear with me. Stick with me here. Let there be light. That's the first act of creation in the poetic description of the beginning of everything in the opening verses of Genesis. Now, this simple beginning, however, is not so simple. In fact, it's hard to contain its meaning. It is part of the mystery of God and the universe that both theology and science have endlessly been attempting to understand. Now, I can't explain it any better than the Encyclopedia Britannica does. So let me read this from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Quote, No single answer to the question, what is light, satisfies the many contexts in which light is experienced, explored, and exploited. The physicist is interested in the physical properties of light, the artist in an aesthetic appreciation of the visual world. Through the sense of sight, light is a primary tool for perceiving the world and communicating within it. Light from the sun warms the earth, drives global weather patterns, and initiates the life-sustaining process of photosynthesis. On the grandest scale, light's interactions with matter have helped shape the structure of the universe. Indeed, light provides a window on the universe from cosmological to atomic scales. Almost all of the information about the rest of the universe reaches Earth in the form of electromagnetic radiation. By interpreting that radiation, astronomers can glimpse the earliest epochs of the universe, measure the general expansion of the universe, and determine the chemical composition of stars and the interstellar medium. Just as the invention of the telescope dramatically broadened exploration of the universe, so too the invention of the microscope open the intricate world of the cell. The analysis of the frequencies of life emitted and absorbed by atoms was the principal impetus for the development of quantum mechanics. Atomic and molecular spectroscopies providing ultra-sensitive tests of atomic and molecular models and contributing to the studies of fundamental photochemical reactions, end quote. Now that's light from science. In the same way, light is fundamentally a part of the spiritually supernatural. I mean, light was the first order of creation, as we just mentioned, on the first day of creation in the Genesis creation story. Keep in mind that the sun, the stars, the moon weren't created until the fourth day. So what was the source of the light without the sun? After healing a boy born blind, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his followers, you are the light of the world. Jesus took his inner circle, that's uh, Peter, James, and John, up on a mountain, just like Moses did in today's chapter, and he was transfigured before them. Now, Matthew records that he shone like the sun, while Luke describes it as bright as a flash of lightning. And Moses appeared on the mountain with him. Angelic beings are consistently described throughout the great story as shining radiantly. At the very end of the great story in Revelation, spoiler alert, the end is actually a new beginning, there will be no more night, it says. 
They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. In other words, the Lord God is the light. Now, in today's chapter, Moses returns to the top of the mountain and spends another 40 days with God. And when he returns, the text says that his face was so radiant that it freaked out the Hebrews. Now, for the record, Peter, James, and John were equally freaked out when Jesus revealed the light of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, here's a, a bit of additional mystery for you. The Hebrew word used here is actually translated horns. And that's why many artistic depictions of Moses, the most famous one being Michelangelo, and I put it in today's post, show him having horns on his head. Always wondered about that. So what's up with that? I talked in my podcast, A Beginner's Guide to the Great Story Part 1, and you can look that up. It should be on any uh, of the apps that uh, you can subscribe to with my podcast, or you can check it out at tombanderoll.com and just do a search for A Beginner's Guide to the Great Story Part 1. Now, in my past, I talked about the fact that when thinking about the ancient stories, we have to consider the context of the times in which they were living. The mystery of Moses' horns is a great example. Now, there's an ancient Babylonian text that uses the Sumer word. Now, Sumer was the very first civilization that we know of. And the word, which is just simple C-S-I, is another word for horn. And in this Babylonian text, it uses that Sumer word for horn to describe a solar eclipse in which the sun's light appears like horns. Now, I want you to think about rays of light shooting out from behind the darkened moon that is eclipsing it. So it's quite possible that the word horns was layered with meaning in the ancient world. And it was understood, what we call rays of light, to the Hebrews may simply have been known as horns of light. So in the quiet this morning, I find my brain buzzing with all sorts of thoughts about light and how it is a part of the mystery of both the spiritual and the scientific. Now, humanity has so often made the two into binary, either-or, opposites, and enemies. But the further I get in my journey, the more I am convinced that in the end, we will understand that the spiritual and the scientific are really just two parts of the same mystery. It's a both-and. And as a follower of Jesus, I can't help but go back to Jesus' call for his followers to be the light of the world. Quote, let me tell you while you are here, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. And here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you here on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That was Jesus from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and I read it from the message paraphrase. 
Now, what does this mean for me? Am I a light bearer? Do these posts and podcasts shine? More importantly, do my daily words and interaction with family, friends, neighbors, strangers, community, enemies, acquaintances, and foreigners radiate with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Am I being generous with my life? Is my house open? Am I opening up to others? Well, it's what I'm endeavoring to do increasingly today and each day of this earthly journey. I want the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the work of my hands, and my interactions with everyone to be positively horny with light. Have a great day, my friends.